Okay. Episode 13, season 40, Winners at War, the penultimate step of the war. Wow, that was a great intro. Um, Hello, listeners. We have a first on on this podcast. Grace is currently in Wheaton at her parents' home, and I'm in Chicago, so we are talking to each other on the phone. And recording our podcast. Yes. Thank God for technology, because our podcast can still go on. Exactly. Um, So, we are, it's Friday, so it's been two days to process, which is, I think, needed for me, and it's coming off of a two-hour episode, which honestly could have been 45 minutes. It was so fucking boring on the second half. Yes. They were, like, reaching in their pockets for stuff to post. Do you think production did, like, okay, what's a worst-case scenario final five? Yeah, it's just fucking happening with the exception of Tony. (laughs) Yes, I think they were like, they were trying their best to engineer it so that it wouldn't happen that way, and it ended up happening. Everyone's living the same nightmare. Everyone's living the same nightmare. I mean, I don't want to come down hard on too many people just because I think some personalities are better on TV. There's a lot of things that are in play but it's like and I've even expressed how much I like Sarah and some other people but it's just like everyone is so boring yeah I agree I you know Nick seems like he's a really great person but I did not think he made obviously he's didn't make it through but I don't think he made the right moves no not in the least bit and Michelle, at the beginning, I was like, all right, like, seeing a, a new Michelle that's a little yeah. bit more strategy forward, and then the middle chunk of the season, you're just like, blah, you are such a pawn, like, you don't yeah. have any agency, and then now, I, she's kind of growing on me because she's an underdog, and she's getting sassy, so yes. I appreciate and I think, that. And I think that's when people start to play their best game sometimes, is when their back is up against the wall, and like, I have nothing to lose, so I might as well go out swinging. 100%. And she's funny. Like, she's she's sarcastic. Yeah. She's, like, she can be quick. And she clearly has a good social game. But, right. yeah, she's just, like, you can't really respect her gameplay other than social in the middle half of, or the middle third of this season. Because it's just, like, the same shit as her winning season. Yes. Agreed. Um, okay. But uh, now that we got that off our chest, should we start rolling through? Yeah. Did you take notes, Grace? I didn't, but I have a, a guide. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, okay, so it starts post-tribal, which I think more episodes than not, they've just started right after tribal, after. which has been nice. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kind of was like, what's Michelle's end game?" And she said, she had a really good quote of saying, I felt like I took a butter knife to a gunfight. I was like, yes, 100%. Um, and Michelle and Jeremy are just trying to figure out... It, it almost solidified their alliance. Not that that needed solidifying. Right. Um, but it was definitely evident how loyal she was to Jeremy. Yes. Um, and then there's just like a melancholy vibe 
I think via the music. They played like slow piano piano music or some shit <laughs> during this part. Yes. Um, and then Denise Denise has a breakdown. What is yeah, it with Denise this season? I think honestly, I think she's like kind of not given up, but I think she's like okay. I think she's pretty realistic with her number order in the alliance. Yes. And so is. I think last week she was like, I know I'm in the numbers. All of this like fighting and chaos and like last minute stuff is annoying me and I'm emotionally tired and exhausted and mentally like really frustrated. And I think that's why she snapped at Jeremy. Yes. Because she just knows where she stands and I think she's kind of accepted that she's unless she can pull out individual immunity wins and get on top of the numbers that she'll probably be fourth out yeah she's like she's focusing deuce deuce can you deuce i'm working thank you we're in a working block okay we're in a working block deuce so please oh he's just looking at me now um i i agree i actually think that's super spot on she's just like purely hoping for an idol run totally that's so boring, though. I, it is boring. She's better than that. She, like, she literally lacks a killer instinct, and I think she won in the age of Survivor when strategy didn't necessarily supersede being a good person. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I don't know, I just, I just find her, like, I get that I'm skipping ahead towards the end of the episode, and I get why she was acting the way she was, because it was part of a larger plan, but... I also think think that there's just definitely some truth to her just kind of being content with where she's at. She made big moves and has a resume, so if she does, by some off chance, make it to the end of the game, she might have a fighting chance, but I think she's pretty settled and not winning. Sucks. Yeah. Sucks, Uh, Denise. Oh, but I'm just going to throw this out there again just because I think it's important. It's kind of like Nick. I like her more than Nick, but it's kind of like Nick. Like, clearly, it's that's a good person. I think most of these people are really good people. I don't necessarily want to watch them on TV playing, like, my favorite show. (laughs) My favorite show, you know? Um, So we'll get that out of the way. And then it goes to Jeremy and Tony talking about a work week, which is fucking hysterical. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? And Tony, like, doubles down. Yeah. About two weeks being nine days. I get what Tony was saying. Jeremy was taking it literally, and Tony was like, no, but in my mind, my work week is the days I'm on and off. Yeah. And then... and Jeremy was like, no, bro, but there's, like, seven days in a week. And also, like, even if that does apply, like, you're working on the weekends. Like, you're still working. You can't you not can't. work. Right. And then, But I think as funny as that was and how hilariously, like, dumb Tony looks. And uh, Jeremy even says, like, a slight, like, this is why cops need to go to school or something like that, which is, like, hysterical. Um, but... I think it comes down to, like, a fundamental philosophy of Survivor that Jeremy and Tony are on opposite sides of, and it's Jeremy views Survivor as work. Tony views Survivor as play, and you can tell, like, like, hold on, let me turn my phone off. Okay. Tony is giddy when he plays. Jeremy is on edge. He's 
very vigilant. He's really yeah. paranoid. And, like, Tony enjoys every second of it. Yeah. But I think there's something that's working for Tony with that strategy, where it's like, I don't know, I just, like, at this point, of everyone left in the game, I, it needs to be Tony, because to be Tony. I just think he has played the most evolved game from his winning season. Yep. I think he made moves when he absolutely needed to make moves, yep. won immunity when he absolutely needed to win immunity, and has done such a good job of keeping, like, keeping his core alliance happy, but also playing both sides pretty effectively and pretty well. I truly don't understand how people, Sarah, Ben, and Denise aren't looking at Tony like, you are public enemy number one. His name didn't even get thrown out there on this episode. And it's like, hands down, hands down, hands down. If he gets to the finals, the jury is voting for him. No questions asked. It's so clear that he has played the best game and also, like, kind of pissed off the least amount of people doing it yes because even though he's been a part of every move like i don't think that people are holding it like as much against him as they would say a ben or a sarah or a denise like because his social game is so strong he he is enjoyable to be around which is was true for his first season but was not conveyed in the edits yeah but it's clear how well liked he is it's it's clear that he's making all the moves, and he's got a great resume from purely the physical aspect of it. Yes. I, I can't... And then when he speaks, he's so earnest. Like, he will yeah. talk and talk. He'll talk himself to death. He'll talk himself into $2 million. But he's also really good at being like, if someone else is talking, he's like, okay, man, if that's what you want to do, like, you know I'm down. He doesn't and hesitate someone... to lie straight to their yeah. face. That's one of his biggest strengths is he, he... There's no question he will lie straight to your face in one second. And he will also call you out if he thinks you're lying. Yes, Which is, like, not a lot of people are confident enough to do that. No. I hope he goes, I hope he, if he's in the final three, I hope he He gets my vote. Unless, of course, Natalie comes back. Unless, of course, Natalie, which we will get to. I am, like, I just am so impressed with him because I think in, you're so right in saying that his game has evolved because he's still the same crazy fucking Tony but yes. what he had in the first season was impeccable timing. Like, he has such a talent of knowing when to make moves and when when to even speak with people. Like, he can, he can just intuit when is the best time to do that. But right. on this season, the reason he got to the merge is because he completely suppressed that. Yes. And he, he played a completely different game in order to get into the merge and I really believe that survivor is like three phases it's pre-merge and you're you have a certain strategy it's like post right after post-merge when you have a lot of people and then it's where it's at right now final seven and I think the three strategies in each phase differ I don't think you can have the same strategy throughout the entire game I think it needs to I think phase one you kind of need to lay low try to be with the numbers do create some alliances but know that it might be sort of like more advantageous to be in voting blocks and yeah post-merge I think is when you really need to solidify your alliances and your numbers yep and then um but also not come on too strong because you don't want to be exactly and then final seven is just like stay in numbers stay in numbers hope that you have a final three who is a final three and slip slip throats i mean that's when it gets the most cutthroat that's when physical is most important 
like right off hot off the merge that middle tier is when to not be a physical threat is the most important part and then and then in the um pre-merge it's like this subdued like being physical is an asset but being too physical is a threat so it's like there's just different strategies that one person needs to adapt and tony just adapted a, a certain strategy with intention for each of the three phases as we call it for this and it's it's so fucking impressive because he's keeping the old tony style but he's also bringing in new ways of doing things and it's it's brilliant like he's the yeah. by far the most entertaining person to watch i agree i want i could spend all day talking about tony but i want to talk about something so like last week brian made a really good comment which was that like usually the person that they first focus on right out hot off the last jury is never the one to go home mm-hmm. and that played out so true this week oh the yes. minute everybody started looking at nick i literally looked around at my family and I was like Nick's gonna win immunity watch yes what no way and I was like yeah it's never the person that everybody's first focusing on and then at that point I literally knew in my heart of hearts it was was going home and I was like so sad same I oh my god Grace I felt that way too I didn't call I wasn't as um perceptive as you in terms of calling out that Nick winning immunity was gonna happen but as soon as they threw Nick's name out I was like okay it's not Jeremy and then they threw out somebody else's name to on that vote Denise maybe yeah Denise yeah or Michelle or someone they threw out and I'm like they haven't focused too much on Jeremy yet and I was like fuck yeah fuck 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 and then I knew and yet I I mean I was devastated maybe I just have a lot going on like in terms of I don't know maybe I just like am disconnected from these episodes for whatever reason but like when Jeremy went home I was I was devastated but he was my pick to win since the beginning and I I wasn't distraught like I was with Ethan or Yule and I don't know why I think it was because I I think like I think we probably knew a couple episodes ago that Jeremy probably when he fell to the bottom of the numbers that he probably didn't have a shot unless something crazy happened and I think with each passing week and like all of the advantages that could have possibly been played for him not working out I felt pretty confident that like it might be the end of his story yeah and so I think I had quietly been accepting it if not outwardly accepting that like Jeremy is not gonna win this season that doesn't mean I don't love him and want him to win yeah every single season he plays but I think I had the same reaction like I was so sad he's my favorite player in the game other than Natalie and I just, I didn't have as big of a sad reaction, but I think it's because I'm focused on the battle back. Yeah. Yep. I, I, that's probably a good point. The battle back is like this saving grace of hope for something. That we won't have want. a shitty final three. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. That's probably it. I just couldn't figure out why I wasn't like utterly devastated yeah. about it. Um, I will say I was proud of, um, during the challenge, the challenge wasn't really that notable other than Nick winning, but I've never seen them having to, like, chase the ball through that drop before. Yeah, I liked that. It looked looked hard, and I will say, I was really proud of Michelle for being so vulnerable about, like, trying that and not being able to get it. And that fucking sucks. But not giving up. Yeah, yeah. Like, even though it was clear that she had no shot in it, she really didn't give up, and so I... Like, I, I go back and forth with Michelle, and I, I give too. her a really hard time. But this was, a, I think, a good episode for her kind of to claw her way 
back in. Yeah, she's, she she becomes a lot more likable and redemptive, I think, in, the, in these two episodes. Um, yeah. Just and it honestly might be because she doesn't have anyone else to rely on. Yeah. It's the first time that she doesn't have any other people to, like, rest her rest any part of her game in like jeremy or nick or wendell or you know what i mean and she's and just been on the wrong side of the boat every single fucking time and that can yeah. break people like yeah and she, she you know she bitches she gets huffy and puffy and stuff but she doesn't like she doesn't throw a parishma or karishma <laughs> like yeah. fucking pity party every yeah. fucking second i just or like a yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of like, this fucking sucks. All right, what am I going to do now? You know, like, yeah. it's, it's very, it is a little bit complainy, like, but it, she doesn't really sit in it, and she doesn't try to feel sorry for herself. She's just like, yeah, this blows, all right, let's go back to plan D, E, F, G, because that's where she's at. And so, right. yeah, I mean, there's stuff that's really likable about her and and her talking about the, how many uh, fire tokens she's gotten and how that they've been literally priceless to her because she's so down and then she gets a little spark of hope because of all her allies. Yeah. Getting better. That was, I, was I like, loved that. I did too. I was like, well, that's really sweet and also emotionally intelligent to like... Because everybody else is really thinking of them as currency and like, yeah. what can I do next? And for her, it's not even been so much about how she can impact the game or if she can buy more rice or a jar of peanut butter. It's that someone's thinking of her when they leave the game and to her, that's more valuable than anything that she could buy within the game. Yeah. Or like hope, like just a little yeah. bit of hope. Um, I, so, which I, I really liked how she articulated that I also think whether it was strategic or not that's a really good way to get into really good graces with the jury should she yes. make it to final three I oh, yeah. was really you definitely speak about that oh yeah I was really disappointed in fire tokens just being gone now um I yeah, what I thought it was going to be an explosion same. of like that you could buy everything was on the table and that's what I was honestly expecting for this episode we talked about it as like a family before the episode aired because we were like yeah they've really like they've kind of come into play they can impact the game but it didn't feel like I guess maybe Survivor like production was resting on the fact that people might use them more like for alliances and for I mean I think they did though like I I hear that like I I really think that this caused a this is next level Survivor. This is the new Survivor. Like, adding, having currency has literally sent people home. It has sent Sandra home. It's like people talk about it constantly. People are crazy for these tokens. Like, it's it has been a really effective new layer to the game, hands down. I thought from a sheer, like, this is going to come in handy perspective, other than this is your last day to use the tokens. I thought you were going to have to, like, in the final three, like, buy your fire-making supplies. Right. Or, or you were going to have... I thought it was just going to culminate into something that has nothing to do with and how if players... You had none, if yeah. you had none, it was going to be a huge mark against you. Yeah, or this, like, this, like... And you could give your... Like, think about if you have tokens and you could give them to somebody... And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I just thought it was going to culminate into something way more pinnacle. And 
while I think they were crazy successful for their first round, I think we're going to see something shift with the currency every single, in the next like five seasons, the CBS is really going to figure out how they're going to exactly use these. Right. And I'm kind of pissed because like, it would have been cool if like people who had fire tokens had a leg up because then someone like Ben, who's literally played the dumbest ass game and not gotten one token would be, would have, you know what I mean? Would have a disadvantage. Totally. I agree. Sorry. Taking, taking my anger out on Ben. No, he's so, a fuck. Like, I, yeah. you know, he's so fucking annoying. I, yeah. I, I mean, we can just go to him. So, like, he, he decides via Sarah's very well done convincing that uh, he can work with Jeremy. And then he tries to pit Michelle and Jeremy against each other, which is so dumb and nearsighted. Like, what do you yeah. think? You don't think they're going to talk? Like, yeah. Are you stupid? That's not how things work, Ben. And then it, it, he has, like, an inch deep strategy, and then everything else is just this, like, blind ideas that he holds to and doesn't, he won't divert from it. It's, like, yeah. such tunnel thinking and tunnel drive, and he's a twerp. Like, he's literally annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just don't really, like, respect the ways, like, in which he has applied the new school, quote-unquote, strategy. Yeah. Like, I think other people play a new school strategy in a very smart and effective way, and I think he's one of those people who was, one, on the new school strategy, and then it's just kind of just, like, lazy, got in with people and made a solid final three deal, and those other two are working really hard, and he's kind of just kicking back and able to get his way, and I hate that. Yeah, he just seems, like, super, I don't know, stubborn and just, like, stagnant. Um, let's, talk you... about, let's talk about moving, though, into tribal, the first yeah. tribal. Yes. Because I think it's important. It was kind of a very odd and serene tribal where there was no last minute. I did not like that tribal. I thought Jeff was asking for as perfect as a human being as he is. It was, you thought his questions were too guiding? They were way too fucking weird and yeah. way too guiding, and they were so introspective. I felt like I was in, like, philosophy of ethics 101. Yeah. I was just like, okay, yeah, there is space. I, wondered, I honestly wondered if he did that as, like, a test to see if he could keep, like, the questions so, like, like they would have to think out their answer so that they wouldn't result to a live tribal because we had had so many live tribals in a row like I honestly wonder if he was using that as a test to like keep their attention yeah I mean could have been it did not keep mine I was just like all right let's stop talking about the post-traumatic stress like of coming off of survivor oh yeah and it's just like there is absolutely a platform for that there's time in an episode for that there's space for it that's a good conversation to have to have a 10-minute tribal talk about people's feelings post the show, it takes me out of the show. It takes me yeah. out of what's happening in a fucking tribal in the final seven or six, whatever number it was. And it puts me in a place of, um, you know, sympathy and also, like, um, it, you know, it just puts me in this, like, whoa, like, this is really traumatizing. This is really, which is an important dialogue to have within yourself. Absolutely. 
I don't yeah. think tribal is the space for that. I want to see shit come to a head. I don't want to be introspective. I think they do things in the episode, like Ethan's walk up. That was a time right. to really go in as a, an audience member and think what's important yeah. to you, how important like grit and endurance and like teamwork is. And like there, and there's space for that. Like family visits, there's space to cry and cherish loved ones and think about your own loved ones. And like, that's yeah. what that evokes. Tribal? No. Like, I'm not trying to have fucking teacher Jeff, like, teach me about... It's like a the... therapy session. Yes! It was too therapeutic for tribal. For me. Yeah, and I, I know that's my opinion. It's not everyone's. But I was just like, yo, get on with it. So I have a question. Yes. If you were in the game and you knew the amount of information that was showed to us based on the day on the beach leading up to tribal and you were... Michelle, mm-hmm. would you have used the 50-50 no. advance for yourself or would you have given it to Jeremy? No, I wouldn't have used it for Jeremy because break this down. If they split the votes between Jeremy and Michelle, it's two. So Jeremy's exempted. He gets three votes. It's two and two. So it's uh, between now Michelle or me if I'm in Michelle's position because Jeremy's exempt and Ben. So then Ben and I can't vote. So then it's down to Denise, Tony, Sarah, and Jeremy to vote. I cannot put, yeah, I cannot put my faith in that. So, uh, what would have happened I guess I didn't is, think about it that way. I, Michelle, I was just hoping that she would have been like, dumb. I think a bigger move for her. You're right. Like it, it would have cemented her place further. She used it for herself, but it would have been a huge upset if she gave it to Jeremy and it worked. I think if she would have given it to Jeremy, then she would have had to go to like Nick and Tony, and be like, you didn't think you could get him out, now's your chance, take him out, he has a fucking idol in his pocket. Like, I, yeah. I would just, like, I, if I was gonna risk my own neck for Jeremy, I would deliberately, like, get two inches from Nick or Tony's face and be like, you have a decision right now. Like, I would yeah. try, and like, I mean, it would be so risky on my part, but I really don't think I would have risked my own self for Jeremy. That's true. Because we always say, like, if you have an advantage, play it for yourself, doesn't matter. And, like, yeah, I just kind of thought, like, in the way that they like positioned it and the way that she played it, kind of felt like it was just like Michelle trying to make a move for herself and like have this big show in front of the jury, and it just looked kind of silly and stupid. And I was kind of upset because I was like, god damn it, if. Jeremy could be here, but... I, yeah. I, I had that thought, and actually, so, take, I'm not Michelle, and I'm, like, an audience member. Like, I was talking to Brian, I'm like, she won't play it for him because of this, and I did the math that I just, like, told you, or had the breakdown, or whatever, and yeah. I was like, I hope she's dumb enough to not see that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally was like, I hope she just, like, fucks it up and gets herself voted out on accident. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. Sad. Yeah, it was sad. Jeremy goes out, gives his two tokens to Mish, and then next day is Edge of Extinction, which at this point is the most exciting part. I agree. Um, also so freaking sobering to see the amount of rice that they get to eat. So sobering and so Literally up. a bite of rice. Actually of- starving to death. And they're all eating it with, like, their fingers and trying to make it multiple bites. But I literally could put that in my mouth in one bite. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. Um, Yule and Ethan are meditating. Jeremy's there on the edge. Yule looks gaunt. He looks statuesque. His cheeks are caved in. Danny looks skeletal. She's, I'm worried about her. Me too. Um... 
And Does this mean that ponderosas are going to go up because all of... I think it'll just be like one single ponderosa because it's just Which one night. Which makes me kind of sad because I love ponderosa. I know, I know. Fine. Um, so Yule walks up with some... The clue, he tries to cheat and read it. They're all like, you all don't. Stop cheating. And then everyone scats. And I knew in that moment Nat was going to get it. Like, I, I, just did, was like, I did, but they did a good job of yes. like, Danny running out into the water and Rob following her. I was like, oh, shit, does Danny have something? Literally. And then Wendell's cocky ass. It's like, I'm the fastest runner here. She's like, I'm the fastest Survivor player to ever play in the history of Survivor. And She's like, actually, hi, stepping it up the mountain. I'm like, oh, shut up. Yeah, and literally Parvati did an Instagram takeover uh, for CBS. And she's sitting with her husband, who also is a Survivor player. And she yeah. goes, and she does a quote and tags Wendell. She does a quote from her husband that says, yeah, right, Wendell is not faster than Nat. And like, and then they tag uh, Wendell, and they're like laughing at Wendell. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just like, dude, you're so fucking arrogant. And also, um, at Tribal, they have a cut of Wendell <coughs> brushing his beard. Like, oh, I'm so wise. Like brushing it with a comb. Yeah. I'm like, how much of a bro are you? Like, yeah. you're on Survivor. Just ch- chill the fuck out. Um. Anyway, Nat. Wendell goes to the wrong spot, Nat gets it, and it's a disadvantage. Maybe one of the weakest, um, what's it called? One of the weakest advantages in the game so far, right? Yeah, like not, or like not out, not immediately something that seems like it's going to impact the game a lot. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, interesting because it's like the last one that they can play into the game. You think it'd be something super intense. Totally. And crazy. Totally. Like almost the extortion one would have been better on this right, episode. Right, you should have saved that to the yeah. last one when, when all, of, all of the fire tokens had to be played. Like that would be when to do the extortion. Because that's a, that's a fire advantage. They're going to keep that one around. Yeah. I loved that one. I loved getting back to Tony reading it, thinking it was something good, and then being like, oh no, this is bad. This is really bad. And then just laughing. I'm just obsessed with it. Um, Okay, so then it's 30% more blocks onto the challenge. They decide to give it to Nick for eight tokens. Wait, can I say something about the advantage quickly? Oh, yeah, go for it. So they're all sitting. Natalie's like, I'm going to share it with everybody. I also really loved how she made like a comment about like no one knows this island better than me and I think someone else validated it in their interview which is like she's been here the longest like she's done she's like one with the island basically yeah like, Tyson been, said she started moving like she started mo- he had a funny way of like yeah like it. she's sh- shifting into yes. the island which <laughs> yes. is like so true like she has like probably been over every part of the island mm-hmm. uh, but then when they were all sitting reading it I think someone said like play it on Denise or something and I got, like, super nervous that that was actually going to happen because I felt like that wouldn't have been the right move. I yeah. thought it should go to Nick or Michelle since they were the only two really in the game who still wanted to make trouble yeah. in the game. Totally. So I was thinking that um, I think Jeremy maybe influenced who to give it to because all the other yeah. people on Edge were saying names that were not Nick or Michelle. And so I think Jeremy probably advised Natalie on whose hands to put it in i agree i wish i would they would have given us one jaren nat cut i mean i would have really appreciated that that's like my fan fiction so 
Yeah, like, what was their conversation? Like, like just when he got even him, out? even her just giving him a hug. Just being like, it's yeah. all right, bro. Yeah. Um, anyway, maybe We yes. can write a fanfic. Yeah, let's write it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, we can make a, we can make what the conversation would have been. Okay, I'm them. into that. We're gonna have time. So. I, I'm actually nearly certain some loser has already done that. Yeah, some fucking nerds on Reddit. Yeah, they're the nerds, not us. Recording a podcast at you know, not a Friday. Um, okay, so then it goes to the challenge. We've seen this before. It's a block challenge. Um, ben gets thirty percent and throws an actual fit. Um, such a baby. Such a baby. And Michelle wins. It's good. It, it was a close one. Like, it was a it was a good challenge to watch, for sure. I was so happy she won that. I was, Which too. was, like, such a... It was, like... I was, like, confused. I was, like, oh, I just hated her in the last breath because she didn't give the 50-50 to Jeremy, and Jeremy went out. And then I was, like, screaming for her to win. Yeah. I kind of liked that the episode did that for me. Like, it yeah. was a Cinderella moment for her. Totally. Where I'm, like... But I think that's very true to Survivor, where, like, you do really want the underdog to Always. succeed. Always. Um, and so it was really uh, redemptive for her and rewarding. And then she's walking up to get the immunity idol, and she goes, no, you hear this, Jeff? You hear this, Jeff? No claps. No claps. You hear this? No one's clapping. Right. And uh, Jeff goes, no, wait a minute, and obviously makes a moment out of it. And then people clap. And because he asked them, why isn't anyone celebrating? And people clap. And Brian didn't hear Michelle go, no claps. Can you hear that? Like, yeah, she didn't. Brian didn't hear that. So he Brian just thought that Jeff was just calling everyone out. And Brian goes, Jeff's the man. <laughs> like, yeah. just like brutally, like, just calling it like Jeff is the but, man, though. But I know. Comment, I was proud of Michelle for saying that, though. Because oh, that me too. Something that would have been easily passed over. And she was like, no, Jeff, you need to know where my stance is and that I absolutely needed this to or, survive tonight. Totally. Or just, yeah, yeah. And so they make a good point of it. And then it goes post-challenge and the spy nest um, becomes like, successful. This is, why, this is why Tony, at this point, deserves to win this game. Oh, yeah. He is still ripping through the forest and running. And even though he knows there's not very many advantages left to play or things that he can do, he's working 15 times harder than everybody else. I could not agree more. And he's also working smarter than everyone else, too. And he has the ability to, like, cut it off when he needs to. Yeah. Like, he he is tight with Jeremy, and he's like, you know, this sucks, but sorry, bro. Yeah. You know, he's gonna, he might win. Um, Okay, and then I like that Tony and Sarah are still so loyal. Like, Tony has literally backstabbed her four times, and she's, like, still tight with him. Like, makes no sense, but whatever. Um, (laughs) And then it goes to Tribal Council, and I realized during Tribal Council how much they cut to Rob. It's insane. I know, like, for Rob's reactions to things, but he's kind of a stone-cold, like, Rob father during Tribal. Like, he doesn't really... But it's interesting, too, because I feel like the other survivors on Edge, like, do look at him for his reactions when stuff happens. Like, they're all, like, waiting for Rob to have a reaction. It's so weird. The Rob cult is, like, the Rob allure is, like... Like, It's literally big dick energy. It's it's, That's what it is. Like, people look to him nonstop, CBS editors included, because he walks like he is a 200-pound dick. Like, I don't... I don't understand why but yeah i found that interesting as well yeah 
Cool. I'm glad you noticed. It was weird not watching with you. Yeah. Um, okay, so then Nick gets voted out, which Michelle called in the previous episode. So yeah. Nick goes home. That sucks, but also it's like, like, whatever. Sorry, Nick. You made yeah. a bad choice. Why would you choose to be the bottom of a five? Yeah, it's when you could so have dumb. When you could have scrambled through with a solid three in Michelle and Jeremy. So you made dumb. the bad choice. It's because it, it really speaks to Tony's poll more Sway. than it, yes more than yes. it does because Tony is the reason why Nick didn't flip. Like, and that's the thing. I feel like Nick probably is way more naive than Denise is. Where Denise is like, I'm bottom. I know I'm four, but I'm gonna be content in four. Where yeah. Nick was like, I don't know where I stand, but I feel tight with Tony, so I'm just gonna like try to get in there. And it's like, dude. Look at the relationship between Sarah and Tony, first of all. Then look at the relationship between Sarah and Ben. Then look at the relationship between Ben and Denise. If you can't see clearly that you don't fit in to any of those, then you're not thinking clearly. And that's where I think Nick made a really big mistake when he had won immunity in the first hour. Yep, I completely agree. And Michelle called it, so, yep. you know, see you, Nick, don't care. And honestly, it felt kind of good when he went home, because I was it like, did. this is proof that you made a bad move. Yeah, you fucking noob. Okay, yeah. so then it goes to Edge, and this was my favorite few minutes of the epi- of the two-hour episode. Oh, my um, God. Amber gets emotional, so and she says, I never get to slow down, and, like, I don't know, I, I liked her monologue about I did. Edge. I liked it, too. I thought as, you know, as little screen time as she's gotten and kind of she's definitely in Rob's shadow. Like, that was a very good synopsis of I'm sure what a lot of people were feeling in terms of this place is torture, but it also gives space if you let it to some, like, clearing out. Yeah, and I thought more so than that, it was, like, kind of an important narrative for women and mothers where it's, like, sometimes like doing something like this could be perceived as selfish from being away from your family for over a month and like it's hard to be a parent like that's like the hardest one of the hardest jobs in the world and so even though this feels like being on survivor can feel like a challenge and be like a job there can be peace in it too yeah and like you can regain yourself in that and I feel like that's what Amber was trying to express was that like it's it's been as much as it's been like um difficult it's also been a gift yeah Ooh, you gave me chills grace i love that i i didn't think of it that way and i think that's a really really good point and perspective to bring um and then so then moving they kind of go for each person and i was glad okay so i was glad i was literally on the edge of my seat because they were giving each person a little bit of a narrative, like a yes. little bit of a summary, and they were kind of uh, doing nice a nice little bow tied up. On yes, their and I was like, Nat hasn't gone yet. I was like, if they don't show Nat in this, she's done. And then yeah. they save her for the end. Where and while they're doing this, they also are summarizing how many tokens people have and what they're going to use them on. And they save Nat for last, and I'm like, she's got to have a lot. Like I kind of stopped keeping track. She has four. Teen tokens. I know. She has 14 tokens and she has an idol from her last time. And I was yes. like, holy shit. And so she um, gets three advantages. Oop. Okay, we're fine. 10%. <laughs> she gets three advantages 
and she buys peanut butter and she buys an idol for Tyson and makes him cry for like the fifth time on this season, which is amazing. He's a big softy this season. I, and I love, love him. seeing him as a big fucking crybaby. Me too. He's he's he was one of my favorites. Now he's like maybe in my top three. Yeah. Um, um, but also that moment, as much as I loved that moment and I was like so proud of Natalie, I do think that was. Um, production's way of basically setting up like Tyson pretty much or everyone's now. story is done. They feel pretty confident yep. they're not battling back into the game and that we're going to be focused on Tyson and Natalie. It's between those two, hands down and you yeah. know what is like brilliant about Natalie if, I, I think she did it because she likes him but it could have been Parvati too. I think she yeah. gave an idol to Tyson and if she gets in the game she is going to have somebody who has a very strong pull with an influence with the jury who's going to be her champion, which is Tyson. Yeah. So I think yeah, I true. think I think it was a generous thing. We saw time and time and time again how how giving she is with these types of things on her season that she won. I'm right. I think there is a chance that there's a bit of strategy to that move as well and I think it's fucking brilliant and I think yeah. I've got this like gut feeling in my belly she has the craziest narrative arc like I think she's yeah. gonna win battle back and I think she's gonna win the season I'm, and I would lose my fucking mind I really like I just got chills because I really 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 feel like we're due for a woman a woman to win yes for a person of color to win yes and so that's why like I feel so pulled towards like Jeremy and Natalie and even like Sarah I would yeah. you know what I mean I would be happy to win I just feel like so often white men win this game yeah. and it's just I'm 2020 is not the year that I want a white person to win two million dollars and I, in such an like iconic season I think it would be amazing it would be amazing and like her story which Natalie's really fucking smart she's really fucking good at a lot of things she, I don't know I can't I haven't seen her at tribal really but like yeah. I don't know how good she is at tribal but if she can like craft a story in a way that's super compelling it's like you're going to have a hard time convincing a jury on edge. I think not with this season, but like in general, like you're going to have a hard time convincing people. I deserve to win this because she didn't play 95% of the game, but she can craft it in a way that she influenced 75% of this game from edge. And not to mention her resilience, not to mention her physical strength, not to mention everything she did on edge and the story of winners at war is not going to be who played the perfect survivor game it's going to be who has the most fucking grit which is a hell of a thing to sell and yeah. i think i just think if she can do it right well, if she can make it there reason, like even if she doesn't win i just want to hear that final tribal of i know her walking through her story because that is like so intense it's so intense all she has to do she has an idol so she's got a pass all she has to do is fucking wiggle in there and go on a idol run, a idol run. One win, one fucking thing. Immunity, yeah. Immunity. That's why that I keep saying idol. Yeah, which I think she could. She totally could, and she's on fire. Like she's it's, so... momentum it can't did be under. Did you see the scenes from next week? Um. Oh wait, wait. I have a rant moment. I did. It it gave us it gave us a little bit of a tease. Like maybe two yeah. people come back in. Maybe it's Tyson and Natalie. Who knows? But like. I was livid. I thought we were getting the battle back 
on this episode. That's what we thought, too. We were like, oh, there's 20 minutes left. Yes, I was livid when they did a 13-minute recap, recap of the season. I was like, I was like, they're not doing this. And then I checked my my clock, and it was uh, 51. And then I'm like, they're, we were all like, they're not going to the do this. And there's 53. And then it's 57, and I was like, I'm so fucking pissed at this limp dick episode. That would have been, like, nice to have at the beginning to yep. set up the full episode. But yep. at the end, I was like, this feels like just, like, a gimme or, like, somebody fucked up in editing and it's just That's weird. what I mean. And I just think it's poor. It's poor taste. Like, people get pissed at Edge of Extinction coming back. And it's like, yeah, because you're not giving them – you're not giving the audience a chance to, like, digest. Like, if they would have done it this episode, we would have known who's going back and we would have been able to, like – step into line in terms of what we think the season's gonna go on but instead they don't give us time to get excited or get disappointed it's like battle back happens and then the season's over it's like no you need to give us time that's why i think they should do it a little bit earlier i agree but brian made the point of like then if there's too many people when the second battle back happens then they're just a sitting duck like they'll just get voted out right away yeah yeah and not have a chance to be in the final three yeah that's true yeah i was annoyed by this so annoyed minute recap i was like i don't need this right now i would have loved it at the beginning of the episode because the beginning of the episode was boring but i don't need it now totally okay so what were you gonna say about scenes for the next and we can we can wrap it up because the zoom has one more bar of battery okay. left and I'm paranoid. An, Should there, I just stop an, it real quick so we don't lose it? The, is it the recording? Yeah. No, this is the last thing I'm going to say. In the scenes from next week, there was an aerial of the challenge and Natalie was just miles ahead of everybody, which <gasps> is heartening, but also I don't, I'm, that scares me. Yeah, why would they show that? Why if, would they show that? So yeah. I, that's the only, that's the last thing I wanted to say. I don't know if you noticed that, but she was I the didn't. last one in, in the row like, the first one that you could see, and it was, like, a second, and I saw it, and I was like, fuck. Fuck. I don't know. That scares me. That really scares me. Scares well, me you too. know what? If Tyson gets in over Nat, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, too. That's, and Parvati, I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. Yule, I'm fine with that. Anyone else, fuck them. Yeah. Literally, yeah. biggest upset of the season would be Danny getting back in. <laughs> Danny or Adam? Can you imagine if Adam... Oh, my God. Don't even... Adam looks... Bad. Adam doesn't look well, and She's I literally just like fought, like swaying and like wasting away. I can't bring myself to actually follow him on Instagram, but I definitely peek his profile every now and then, and he posts some fucking weird shit. Oh god! Like there's one where they're like both he's squatting with a girl, and it's like almost sexual, but just entirely not. And I'm like, <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that's. That's it. Should be a hell of a finale next week. Hell of Very a finale. Very curious to see how they're going to do a socially distant reunion, if that happens, what that I looks too. like. Um, okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. First over-the-phone episode. We hope you love it. Bye. Bye.